I'm Kevin Casey. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter. And right now, what I'm about to do is issue a warning out to all other competitors. I don't want overs. I just expect them to happen. Fatty's gonna fatty is real. I like wooden sides. We are live for a Hanukkah Eve edition of the MMA analysis. Folks, it's it's big. I, I busted out the sweet sweater vest. For those of you watching, you can get the, the full look at this beauty. It's amazing. It's just an incredible piece of, of fashion for everyone involved. I am your host, Brad Taschuk, and we're joined by by almost a full house tonight. Uh, Lance is missing. He might show up for like five minutes to break, to, to break down some Dubron. But, uh, you know, we've, we've got Sean here. We got Wes here. But most importantly, Andrew, back from the dead. <laughs> Thank you for What's joining that? us, sir. We back, appreciate it as always. Back from a bike ride from halfway around oh. the fucking world. <laughs> oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. The idea is we're going to bike from Maine to San Diego at some point. That's going to come down the road. Probably not next year, but further on. But uh, super excited about this, this card. There's so many fighters I know, so I didn't have to look up that much <laughs> stuff. It was really cool. How many mileage are you up to now in the uh, in the bike rides? I saw you did like a hundred. Yeah. Well, I built I built my base kind of like a Jenga tower. So I I just hired a coach, and now she's having me scale it back a little because I did a I did a fifty mile, a hundred k, and then a uh, and then a hundred mile back to back weeks, back to back to back weeks. And she was like, "You need to stop that." Let's. <laughs> I, I remember Jeez. when you tweeted that uh, originally in one of our group chats. I was like, "You know what." I like Andrew, but this seems like a bit much. He's gone from yeah. literally zero to a hundred in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the hundred miler, the last ten miles, I did not want to have legs anymore. It was so <laughs> fucking painful. I was dying. Come but, on, you know, man. You can't. You can't quit. You can't quit at ninety miles. That's even sadder than the pain you feel. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> but we, we are happy to have you, and happy that uh, you know some of the fighters that are that are on this card because that always makes it a bit oh, more man. enjoyable. For, first comment in the YouTube section is actually a, a really a really good one. Like, <laughs> did, did did y'all happen to see what he's talking about? So no. I. So like J- Jamel Hill, you know, faults or whatever, however think about Jamel Hill, had the Paul kid on like their little their little talk show with uh Carrie Champion and uh they asked him like do you think it's like kind of racist that you knocked out Nate Robinson? And he's literally like, The kid's dumb as fuck anyway, but I'm even like, What? What the fuck does racism have to do with him knocking a guy out that got paid to step in the ring? Is this where we're at? Like, what, what about the actual bad things that are happening? And you're, that's the question. You, don't it feel kind of racist that you knocked out Nate Robinson? No, bitch, I got paid to go in there and knock out Nate Robinson. He should have done the right thing. Like 200K for training for two weeks. 
He should have done the right thing and stuck out his chin and take it, take it on the the chin. Reparations, uh, baby. Reparations. reparations. Yep. That's right. That's pretty <laughs> fucked up what he did. Uh, I'll, I'll apologize in advance. I'm in uh, but fuck nowhere, Manitoba. So if uh, I got shitty internet and shitty audio, that would be why. But uh, we'll try to get through. Manitoba. Ain't that ain't that cigarettes from uh, King of the Hill? Ain't that where ain't that where Dale Gribble gets his cigarettes or something like that? Probably. <laughs> Hey, my dad drives like half an hour. Well, not anymore because fucking COVID. Um, but I used to drive half an hour up to the reserve to pick up just like cartons of uh, the native Jesus. cigarettes. Yep. No filters on that, bitches. It's, it's the good shit. Tax free, baby. That's right. The first, the first cigarette I ever had in my life was an unfiltered Lucky Strike, and I threw up all over the place. It was awful. <laughs> Embarrassing myself. Yeah, that's like my first dip when yeah, I same. you actually you yeah. actually please uh, swallow a little bit and it's just like nope that's that's not uh, spins. Yeah, I had two first dips because when I was really young, my grandpa he chewed beech nut and <laughs> smoked and and smoked. He did them both. But I asked him for a piece one time. He gave me one like strip of beech nut and I put it right in. I thought it was licorice. <laughs> Chew that shit, dude. Was puking, puking everywhere, dude. It was, it was so good. Uh, good story. Nothing quite like the head rush that you get from, uh, from a good dip, though. I mean, that's yeah, top notch. Just some chef's kiss. Stuff <laughs> right there. Now we know why Lance can't put it down. It's, it's the head rush. <laughs> Sean, how are you doing? Even though you got your your shitty Manitoba internet. I'm I'm good. Uh, I need to get home. I'll be getting home tomorrow, and hopefully, don't have to go anywhere for a while after that, and try to fight off this COVID. There you go. Um, yeah. Do you want to inform us a little bit uh, about your name this week? Because some people might have missed it, but you are you're talking about the scouting report for Cody Fight Club Durden that was just filled with shit and gave him pink eye. So elaborate, please. Yeah. Uh, Durden's an idiot. Like he, he hires a <laughs> shitty tout to, to give him a scouting report and he got a literal shitty scouting report. <laughs> he, bro hugs doesn't fucking wash his hands or something after he's, you know, rubbing his, itching if, his asshole or whatever. If you've seen that sink, he, what's it matter if he's washing over Dirty <laughs> bag water dirt. and fucking... Oh, guys, yeah. guys, cut him some slack when you're watching that much tape. Who has time to wash your hands, really? That's I mean, true. come on. Who has time to clean up loose soil off of their bathroom sink when you're yeah. watching that much tape? Yeah. I mean, you got to give the man some credit. Just part of all the time. Wes, how's the sod doing down in, in Kentucky these days? It's, uh, it's, it's stopped. So that's a good thing. Uh, I'm, uh, about to, about to just be chilling for, for a couple months. And that's always, always a good time. That, that means it's, it. uh, it's bet winning season in Kentucky. So get ready, folks. Get ready. Mm-hmm. Is there any stupid news we got to talk about in in MMA? Yeah, uh, like yeah. YOLO guys Rumble. getting cut. Cut guys Rumble. going to Bellator that should be in the U- like the UFC is trying to be 
the second best or third best MMA organization at this point. Like they're actively trying to do that. Right. I talked, I said something about it last week, but like, can we officially stop acting like this is the premier MMA organization and shit? Like they're not, they, I mean, they shove you the just bullshit constantly uh, talking about cutting 95 or whatever the fuck. Those are all going to be like, halfway decent guys that are making a good check. Um, Yolo's a prime example. Maybe not even that he was just making a good check, but he's like too good to give, to be a gatekeeper for guys. You don't want to get beat up, but you know, he's not good enough to be the champ, but you know, just shit like that. We're letting a guy like Yolo leave and um, whatever the beef was with Rumble, like Rumble is a draw. Like I, just casuals on Twitter talk about Rumble and wanting Rumble to come back. And it was probably over a tiny amount of money they that they let him fucking walk and go to Bellator, which, I mean, could we argue now and even say that, like, UFC has the best light heavyweight division anymore? Like, Bellator's light heavyweight division is... It's the closest it's, it's ever been. That's for it's not, sure. It's not bad. It. it I mean... I guess the UFC has a couple of young, okay guys, but I mean, with Bones going up to heavyweight and shit. Um, but yeah, letting Rumble walk, letting letting Yolo go, um, and then like in weak divisions. That's the main thing, man. Yeah, like, they're in shitty divisions, for me, and you're yeah, letting like yeah, decent yeah. talent fucking go. It's garbage. It's, it's like you, you don't. They don't want to like keep giving like Yolo like title shots, I guess, but. Build up a fucking division then. Build up some contenders. Get some young guys. Build up some contenders. I mean, I'm not a, opposed to watching Yolo fight for a title every eight months. I don't give a no. shit. I just I just want to see him fight. And then yeah. you got like one in all these places are talking about like Yolo. There's not a market for Yolo. There's not a market for. Um, uh, I get the Anderson Silva shit and Anderson Silva and, and shit like that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm ready to see these cuts because I think people are going to be. Uh, they'll have some kind of excuse for it. They'll, you know, they'll they'll make up their the UFC fanboys will make up some kind of excuse to how that's good business, and they'll keep like I'm tuning in for a fucking contender series. White guy number seven fighting this weekend, you know. But fuck Yolo, that guy costs too much money. Fuck Rumble, that guy doesn't, you know. I don't yeah, get it. They're literally counting pennies at this point. Like it is turned into just uh, a full corporate snobbery uh, exposition in the UFC now. So Andrew, you look like you got something to say. Yeah, I do. I was I was trying to think of like the first time I realized that they're heading this direction. And you guys can maybe you guys can correct me. You have better memories about this stuff. But I feel like when John Fitch left is when I started thinking that like they were starting to get rid of names. Uh, that like you know were making money but weren't necessarily exciting or whatever and starting to become less of a let's make the best uh, have the best fighters and go toward this kind of in, more entertainment shit weird stuff that doesn't have to do with like real competition I guess yeah John Fitch Yushin Okami Jay yeah. Shields yeah. there was there was like a little string of it back in I don't know what that would have been like 2012 or something like that uh, I don't know exactly when those guys got cut but. Yeah, we, we've seen this before, and people excused it back then um, because it was boring guys that were getting cut. 
Uh, now it's not boring guys that are getting cut anymore. It's very good fighters, exciting fighters, top fighters, and, and it should be paid. And they're cutting them because they make too much money. Yep. And they should make that money. That, that's yep. the fucking problem. Like they, they, they should have they, been making that. Yeah. Money. <laughs> exactly. And but it's Brett, you're to put on a, a ten and ten fight between two guys off the contender series. Yeah, you're then, right. It, it's my, it's it's the it's the corporate it's the whole endeavor thing too. Like that's when it. Andrew's right about it changing kind of in that that time that that point in time. It also changed when Endeavor yeah. happened. In, the pitching went up to eleven. The TV deals happened and shit. Like they had to put out content. They need. They are a content producer now. They're almost yeah. like a YouTube fucking channel. They it's need, a puppy mill. Yeah, they, it's a, oh, it's a fucking. Uh, they're they're goddamn human traffickers. Like I, I would say the Contender Series is the puppy mill, and. Uh, like UFC is like the shelter. <laughs> so, so Yolo versus Anderson Silva, nineteen ninety nine pay per view. I've watched know. the fuck out of it. I know. <laughs> they, that, they, they probably make more money more... than they have in the last couple of years. If they, I, I'd more, be more likely, yeah, I'd more likely to pay for that than any UFC pay per view that I've seen over the past three years. What do you want to watch more, or the the most people would watch more? Figueredo versus Moreno or Romero versus Anderson. Anderson Silva. Like 10 times the amount of people would turn that fight on. Yeah. Mike yeah. Tyson a couple weekends ago getting more a million. Yeah. Yep. Uh, everyone knows I, I love the, the flyweights as much, if not more, than anyone. But back-to-back Davis and Figueredo headlined pay-per-views. 2020, baby. Ooh. Although yeah. those, those fucking fanboys that tell you though, I, I just I gotta see the prime competition. That, that's what I want. I I want the best fighters and shit. And then uh, they'll watch that whole undercard with seven contender series guys and every fucking thing else. It's tough. It's, it's a tough slot. Like it, it's good. I, I have usually have it on the background now. I'm playing some board games or some cards or something like that. And fights are on in the background. I'm glancing up and. You know, if there's something that I missed that I have to go back and see, I, I go watch it. But for the yeah. most part, completely skippable. Yeah. yeah Speaking of completely fair. skippable, uh, do we want to talk about last week's card that was like 12 fights and then all of a sudden it ended up being eight fights? Um <laughs> You know what? I, I went back and I listened to last week's podcast and I said, guys... I really think that I need to be more positive on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to try and bring some joy to the people. It's the holiday season, you know. Uh, but then we had an eight card, an eight fight card that didn't end until one in the morning. What the what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even I didn't even watch it. I don't know. I I, I, I turned it on and then I was like. What am, what am I doing? Because Andrea hates MMA. So, like, if I turn it on, she puts the headphones on. And then I can't – I don't have anybody to talk to. So, I'm like, I'm going to watch this fight and not get to talk to my wife. Like, okay, whatever. I'm a wife I mean, guy. Yeah. We need to start doing the Zooms again because that was That fun. makes it more yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, it's impossible to, to watch uh, UFC prelims and shit like that without having another TV going or – 
like Brad said, playing a board game, playing your fucking PlayStation, something else going. I always have multiple TVs. Um, <laughs> women's fights, literally the volume goes down on the MMA TV and I'm watching football or basketball or whatever the fuck else is going on. Yeah, I mean, maybe starting main cards at 10 p.m. I don't give a fuck if it's a pay per view or not is is ridiculous. Yeah, there was like nine at the latest. Yeah, there was like one time that it was a few years ago. You remember, like they started a pay per view at nine and tried to do it from nine to twelve, um, and they never did it again. And everybody and, and still went to one. <laughs> yeah, but everybody was even like, "Oh man, it's starting early." Like, I, I, that's that's fucking great. Like it, every yeah. time, every time they start the like the the fight nights at eight o'clock, and they're over by like eleven. People's like, "Hell yeah!" You know, that's the. I don't get it. I, I don't know why they don't try to do we that don't more. Understand? We're not billionaires, Wes. Especially now, like there's no fans. It literally does not matter as yeah. far as like being out in Las Vegas. Like, I could get it when you're on the West Coast, not wanting to start your main card at 5 o'clock in the afternoon out on in, in Vegas. There's nobody there. Everybody's watching it at home fucking anyway. You can start at 8. That's primetime television. That's when you want people to be right. watching TV, not at fucking midnight, you know? Yep. Anyways, we're going to run through this card pretty quick. Uh, and as always, we're going to start off with the main event. So in the heavyweight division, we had Baked Collier – Taking on past to Johnny Valente and just, just an incredible, incredible fight. Uh, big Collier. He came in at the same weight, he came in at uh, like 264 and a half or whatever, but this is a changed man. This, this dude that I saw last week, he is a heavyweight contender. Uh, I, I can, I can see him just shooting up to the top. Um, you know what? Uh, next fight I want to see. Collier and Porky Porker. That's that's the fight to make. Tell me yeah. I'm wrong. Wes? God, all the shit flying in that fight, and I'm not talking hands. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what to say, but I, I lost some money. I know Volante, and I'm a I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot for even having money on Volante in the first place. Um, my God, man, like that, that guy, he was winded like 30 seconds in. Like Volante was like huffing air 30 seconds into the fight. And I thought it was Collier that was going to just be, I don't know. I, I guess he's gotten used to the, the 70 pounds he's, he's put on. Um, he's full time. He's full time fighter. You know, that's right. he's been carrying around that weight with a welding mask and like the whole suit the last few years. So man, he takes that off and he feels as light as a feather. Did you see him moving around man. in there, Sean? Oh my Dude, God. That if, you get, bad. if you that get 30, 27 across the board by a 265 pound Jake Collier, you have to retire. Those are the rules. I don't give a fuck who you are. It's over. <laughs> Garbage, man. That's such that's such a bad loss. Andrew, any? I, I know you probably didn't see this. And <laughs> any thoughts, just generally, on fat guys being fat guys in MMA? Is is there anything better? Oh, it it rules. <laughs> I I, I, I ironically like the heavyweight division when it's at its worst. I think like 
It's uh, there's just nothing better than seeing a guy that's out of breath a minute and a half in. It's wonderful, and they have so many. They have so many weird fighters too. Like Derek Lewis is one of the has one of the strangest skill sets I've ever seen in heavyweight period. And like, there's all these other weird guys who are weirdly strong, but they're not fast, and they run out of gas instantly. There's there's such a variety of just weirdness in that division. I love it. It's incredible. It's where you see like the most. Of what MMA actually is, is the heavyweight division. Derek right? Lewis skill set. I'm going to be fat and fucking suck for 14 <laughs> minutes and 30 seconds. Then boom, I'm going to win. Damn, it's right. wonderful. West it's wonderful. Favorite. It makes yeah. the sport better. It makes the sport better seeing crazy shit like that. You know, it takes, me back. It, takes, it takes me back to the old days when I see guys like Jake Collier winning fights in 2020. It, it takes me back to 1998. Straight up. <laughs> yep, it's it's very true. Uh, next up, featherweight division. We had Ilya Tapuria uh, looking looking pretty good on the feet. I had, I think this kid might be something. Uh, just just smoking Damon Jackson, which was you know he he's supposed to be a grappler uh, Tapuria, but this was his best path, best path to victory, and he took it. Sean. Yeah, I had a small bet on Jackson, and uh, I was kind of waiting for Tapuria to gas just a tiny bit, because, man, he was throwing fucking heat, but just everything he was landing, and the dude looks pretty good. So uh, if if he's able to, you know, keep keep getting better on the feet to go along with his grappling, he he could be something at at featherweight, another another decent guy at featherweight. Nothing wrong with that. Wes? Yeah, I, I was uh, in the same boat there. I had a little uh, bet on uh, Jackson. And, um, yeah, I mean, Tapor showed up. Uh, Damon Jackson ain't, like, the best striker or anything like that. But, you know, to, to keep it on the feet and, and to finish finish a guy like Jackson, though, is is a little impressive because uh, Jackson's been around. He's a vet. He's, he's, a, he's an okay fighter. So, uh, yeah. Very impressive. Um, I'm intrigued. Another another good young guy at uh, at the lighter weights. Andrew, which fights should I go to you on for the <laughs> uh, the recap here, just so we don't have uh, some dead air? Okay. Uh, do you have a pen and paper um, so you can list them all? Uh, no. I'll start with number one. Uh, all right, you can just skip me. Just skip me. We're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking. Uh, next up, this one put a little smile on our faces. I yes. think um, uh, the boy, the gamble, or sorry, the the tout master competitor, Louis Smokes himself, goes out there and just just takes care of business. Uh, he made three-day taco meat man look like two-day taco meat man in that fight. Just uh, just beautiful stuff from Luis Smolka. TKO in the second round. Wes? Yeah, that was um, – I, I loved every part of that, man. That that was a fun fight. I was happy to see Smolka get a win. Um, man, Smolka is exciting. Whether that guy wins or loses, like, I'm always up for a Smolka fight, man. That, that guy's fun. awesome. Yeah, yeah, friend, friend of the show, um, and and I gotta say, I, uh, that that was our consensus last week. But um, honestly, that that might have been the the best spot on the entire card. Um, if you had smoke, it, congrats and shit. But that fight was never ever gonna see the bell e- ever. Um, that that was a that was a great spot on, on this card. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we talked about, you know, Smolka was a favorite, and the under two and a half was like plus 145 is what it was when we recorded. And I didn't know why anyone would take Smolka when the under was that price, and, and that's how he was going to win. Sean? Yeah, not much more to say. Uh, Love that under bet. Uh, it was weird because they rebooked it and they priced it the same. They didn't really, uh, even though it it got hit a bunch. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll take advantage. That was, uh, that was a fun one and good to see Smoka win on on as kind of a cherry on the top. Next up, lightweight division. <laughs> some people took it, some people left it, uh, and one person in particular had their entire essence left in the cage. And that was flat lineman because he was a dead body. Wes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that was fucking awesome. I mean, you, you know, we get wow moments every now and then. that was wow. Moment. I was like, Holy fuck. Um, I don't know why Weinman was in there to begin with, to tell you the truth. I don't hey, check, baby. Uh, I mean, uh, I think they, they cut him like the next day or some shit. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think of, of Levitt at, at this point. Though. I mean, off of that and, uh, contendership, I know he's a, he's a weird dude. Uh, I, I know <laughs> he's that. A Mormon, but, what do you expect? Yeah. He's, I, I don't, I don't know, man, but, uh, I guess we'll we'll see another one. I I got to see one more from him. I just who knows off of that, but fucking awesome slam. That was a that was an absolute wild moment. What's his nickname? It, it's something stupid, right? It is. I know Sean's always got this stuff for me. I usually do. They call him. They yeah. call him. Uh, just incredible. The Monkey oh. King. The monkey. They need to call um, him baby in a corner. I was going to say. Did some dirty dancing shit. Nobody, nobody puts baby in a corner, but baby will pick Matt Wyman up and carry him to the corner and <laughs> slam him on his fucking head. That was a really uh, violent finish. That's, yeah. that's all it needs to be Anything. said. I, I still think that, uh, that leave it sucks. Uh, and as soon as he faces somebody that can wrestle even a tiny little bit, he is going to lose. And the fact that he got this incredible knockout will probably make that price even better. So tremendous. Perfect. And I want some Perfect. except that over didn't hit. Ooh. Oh, well. Uh, next up, this seems like a dude who is absolutely going to lose to the bear Jew at some point. Um, <laughs> because yeah. I hear people talking about how do little, I don't know, had a good performance or something. This guy sucks. Um, John Allen sucks worse. He's not a Brazilian, obviously, if you couldn't tell by his name being John Allen. Um, but yeah, this this wasn't particularly fun, and he does stupid shit. I, I, I got nothing. Sean? Yeah, I just tossed a tiny bit of money on... Uh the lids by sub and and he was trying to go for those heel hooks and shit like that that's all i could ask for uh, like plus 800 but yeah he's terrible they, it was a they terrible weren't really fight. close at any point no, no it, it wasn't close and and usually either you get those those leg locks or it's it's over um yep. the the only thing to give a shit about in this fight is is how bad of a judge chris lee is and he will continue to get work because this is MMA and the government controls shit like that. <laughs> Nothing changes. It's terrible. 
Uh, Wes, is is there any point in talking about how bad MMA judging is at this point, or and like the different judging systems we can try and all this sort? Like we just we said it for years. You need better judges. It doesn't matter what system you've got. You need better judges, and yeah. we don't have them. Yeah, so. I mean, uh, Lance would go into his scoring shit almost every show, and and we we keep saying it. It doesn't matter. Like I, I don't I don't want like more liberal ten eight and ten seven rounds and shit with these idiot judges. They're just gonna fuck those up too. Uh, I will say that somehow uh, somebody turned. Chris Lee's bad MMA judging into somehow it being an attack on boxing. It being boxing's <laughs> fault that this guy can't judge fights, uh, especially when he's never judged a boxing match ever in his life either. But how, how my minds right there? How the only the only fault of of boxing in any of this judges is that they're using boxing scoring criteria. They come up with something of their own. Yeah, and that that's on Dana White and Zufa and them that agreed to all that shit back in the day, so they could get regulated as fast as possible. They agreed to all that. So stop. I, there's just certain people that have something with boxing. I don't know. They lost a bunch of money on a Tyson fight or something back in the day. But uh, Chris Lee has nothing to do with boxing. No, he's just a terrible judge. I'm pretty sure that Dominic Cruz went into a boxing gym early in his career and just got knocked the fuck out. And he's hated boxing ever since. And that, that's what happened. Andrew, any comments on MMA judging as a general dumpster fire? Uh, it's kind of weird how consistent the outrage is week to week. Like after some point, you just got to go, well, that's move on with your life. I don't know. I mean, it's different when you have money on the fight, but if you're just the guy watching, unless it's like your favorite fighter ever, yeah, I don't know, maybe calm down a little bit. It's just a mainstay of the sport. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. That is a very accurate take. Lightweight division. We had a pretty quick one here. Justin James nice. is a pure I'm in the UFC because of COVID type of guy. Got a knockout in his first fight and has gotten smoked in his two fights since then. Um, yeah. Gabriel Benitez is a fighter who kind of belongs in the UFC. Sean? Yeah, it was a nice knee. Uh, just really good timing. And uh, Benitez isn't terrible. And when he goes against guys that, like you said, aren't UFC level, this is what happens. Yep. Uh, I'm just an idiot and didn't bet it. Wes? Yeah. Yeah. He, just a good, solid fighter. I think he's a, a little bit underrated and probably a really good gatekeeper for a division like that. If you can have a good outing or beat uh, Gabriel Benitez, then you're probably a, a pretty good fighter. And James is some guy they pulled out of a cave out in Nevada somewhere because COVID's going crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. Somehow in my, uh, my bad takes before the fight, I said that Benitez only finishes guys that are, have wood splinters in their ass because they scrape the bottom of the barrel. Um, and that I didn't bet on Benitez in the distance. <laughs> in this fight. So, Hey, yep. that goes to show you what I know. Sharp. Uh, co-main event, light heavyweight division. We have Jinder Mahal, Getting the the TKO against uh, our boy Off uh, lost a little bit of money on this one, and I, I kind of thought that uh, Jinder's only path to victory 
was going to be a decision, but he ended up getting a TKO, kind of. I mean, if you're a light heavyweight and you hit a guy with a hundred unanswered strikes and you can't even knock him over, did you really TKO? (laughs) (laughs) Nah, that ain't that ain't a real TKO. yeah, I was on our our boy uh, the the spit machine here too. Um, I just um, I, I'm still not completely sold on 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 this dude. Um, I saw a lot of people losing their minds. Um, you know, you know how Twitter does on um, on fight nights, and this is the next great fucking next great thing in in MMA apparently. And I just I I don't know yet. Um, Oh, OSP is just funny at this stage, man. Like so, sometimes he, he doesn't get hurt by that shit and finds a way to take guy, these kind of guys out. And then the other side, you got nights like this to where he literally gets obliterated out of nowhere. And I just, I, I'm, I'm, OSP is one of those guys that I just, I can't get a lot of his fights right, man. I, I don't know what it is, but he's just one of those guys and, and old, washed up, bad OSP showed up. Uh, I still, I'm not sold on, uh, on, uh, Hill. Yeah. Same for me. And I don't, I don't know. I, I think OSP coming in and being the first guy to weigh in or one of the first guys to weigh in and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to bother cutting another pound and a half that, that probably told you something about his mindset coming into this yep. fight. Uh, Andrew, any OSP takes? Uh, not really, except to, to add on to, to what Wes said. I think another fighter that the first fighter that popped in my mind that reminds me of OSP and that kind of unpredictability is like probably Uriah Hall. I think yeah. there's, I mean, I'm sure there's a hundred examples, but that's the first one that popped in my head. I don't have anything else to add. Uriah Hall makes it look a whole lot more fun when he's doing it. Yeah, definitely. That, that would be the difference. Yeah. I mean, OSP, it was a somewhat competitive first round. I, I thought he lost, but he, he wasn't getting washed. And then he just got clipped and, like you said, got hit a bunch and I guess got finished. Uh, and the one thing is, like, if, if OSP can switch to his bad stance and light your shit up with leg kicks, that's probably not a great sign moving forward, uh, especially in the, the era of... My favorite technique in the world. Fantastic, baby. baby. Um, yeah, that that guy's gonna get. I I heard some like Dominic Reyes comparisons no, coming out of this fight. I saw so. some I saw some shit and I was laughing. I was like, please, just give me somebody competent and a good price because I'm gonna make some money against this dude. Darren yeah. fucking did. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they bring him along slowly and actually give him appropriate matchups. But after you beat a guy like OSP, uh, the UFC's not good at playing guys along slowly. So he's going to end up in there with uh, pretty soon with somebody that's uh, a bit above his level. Finally, the, uh, the co-main event of the evening. I don't know why it was scheduled for five rounds, but uh, Marvin Vittori takes a unanimous decision. As we said last week, Vittori is Italian for a decision. Uh, even when he hurts guys in the first round, still can't get him out of there. Over Jack Ermanson, uh, you know, as uh, as I learned from, from our boy Aaron, uh, he, he always gets the correct pronunciations of these guys. Uh, this was a, a really fun fight. Um, 
you know, I I, I lost a bit on it because I, I had an Ermansen bet. And then second round, when I, I thought it was starting to turn a bit, uh, I got a bit more on him at plus 550. Uh, and at one point, they were willing to cash those tickets out for me pretty good. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure when he broke his foot in this fight. But I, I think that played a big impact. Because when he was actually mixing things up and combining his strikes with going for takedowns and, and stuff like that, he seemed to be tiring Vittori out a little bit. And then the last two rounds just turned into a straight striking battle and uh, Vittori won that, which we all kind of expected. Sean? Yeah. Uh, Hermanson was the, the trendy dog pick on Twitter. Um, I, I stayed away, I guess I sprinkled a bit on, on Hermanson sub <laughs> yeah. in the first round, but um Vittori's decent. Uh, he's got decent striking defense. Um, I don't know what what else to say. Well, it's it's hard to say just because he doesn't fight that often for one reason or another. Um, I guess this was a good step up for him. Finally, I guess we'll see now if he can compete with the the upper upper echelon at one eighty five with uh, his skills. I mean, he's kind of a meathead, but uh, he's definitely got some skills, and his his stand up seems like it's improving. So. He still can't finish a fly, though. He, he seems like one of the least interesting potential title challengers in recent memory. Wes? Yeah, I mean, even if the guy gets there, like, how, how do you sell an absolute meathead moron like that? Like, that that guy, his interview afterwards where he's on ESPN or wherever, they were just saying, cussing all over and saying, I'm not against guy, I cuss like a motherfucker, but he... uh He's just, he's a moron. Um, I, I, man, I like Vittori going into this fight when it was first announced and shit. I kind of talked myself into Harmonson because he was a dog and I did think it was a, a closer fight. Um, man, Harmonson gave a good uh, account of himself in this fight, I thought, but I think Vittori's actually pretty good. Um, I, I I'm giving him a lot more credit, and I've I've liked Vittori. I'm giving him a lot more credit coming out of this fight, man. Like I think Hermanson's pretty good. Like he's one of the top guys in that division, and Vittori fucking took that fight in the last couple rounds. Now maybe you know the the foot uh, probably did play somewhat of a part, but um, man, the cardio was a question on Vittori. I think that held up uh, very very well. He didn't slow down in the fourth and fifth round. Um, his stand-up looks really good. Um, he, finishing, that's a, that's another thing. But I think it's just like his second fight camp over here in the States, too. Like, he moved over here and started training at an actual fucking gym in the past couple of years. So, I just think it's a whole lot more that the Tory's probably better than we all we all thought he was. And I think we all thought he was an okay fighter. So, um, yeah, I mean, we need some guys at 185, man. Um I'd watch him fight Izzy. I'd, I'd watch Izzy have somebody that's going to rush at him and bring the fight to him. Um, I think that I think that doesn't bode well for Vittori. But I mean, we we saw. I don't I don't think Vittori's as good as Gasolum yet. But we saw what a guy like Gasolum pushing the pace on Izzy did. That was Izzy's toughest fight. Was a guy that came at him and. And jumped in his face. I think that's how everybody thought Paulo Costa was going to fight him. And a lot of people was picking Costa to beat him because that's how they thought Costa was going to fight him. 
I think we know Vittori will come at him. I, I don't think Vittori's too dumb to not do what, not do what got him there. Like how many fight, how many main events did we talk the past couple months of guys not doing what got him there and losing? Vittori's too stupid to not do what got him there. He's going to get in there and he's going to go after Izzy. Um, that that'd be a good fight. I, I just I, I think Vittori's pretty good. And, um, it's another another guy 185, and, and we need some some good fighters at 185. Andrew, any thoughts on the incredible Marvin Vittori? Not really. <laughs> Fair enough. That is the correct answer. All right. Um, tried to keep it pretty short. We we should probably start doing like uh, timestamps or something for uh, when we finish our our breakdowns. Oh, and I do. Our- I do. Good, good thing you, you watch the YouTubes. <laughs> After the fact, I do. I do. I, I listen on Spotify. Oh, I appreciate that. I, I don't want to. I look at my pretty face enough. Uh, <laughs> I want to leave some of it out of there in internet land yeah. for the viewers. Nobody so. wants to see this ugly mug. They just they want to <laughs> hear. They want to hear the the twang. That's it. Yep. That's right. So we are moving on to a pay per view, and. Well, the very, very top of it might not look like a pay-per-view. This is uh, this is pretty entertaining card. This is probably from top to almost bottom, one of the more well-balanced UFC cards that they've put out in a while. So we got UFC 256, as mentioned earlier, headlined once again by Davison Figueredo, the Dus de Guerra. You know, got to throw in the the correct nickname before we butcher it later on. But uh, this was, I don't know, earlier this week, this was like a 74-fight card. And then we lost 62 fights to COVID. And then Tisha Torres got booked in some last-minute fight against some chick who lost to a stripper. So I don't know how many <laughs> fights we've got now, but but we're going to go through all these fights. Uh, and we are going to start with the division. We have the no longer teenage dream, because that would be weird and a little bit creepy. Chase Hooper taking on Slippery Pete. Which, I mean, a guy nicknamed Slippery Pete going against the Teenage Dream, that sounds like some Pornhub shit. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a Pornhub uh, uh, top ten video, not a, uh, a fight. Cam soda. Cam soda. Cam soda. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, start us off. Uh, this is a straight fade on, on Hooper. It's nothing big. I It might be because I'm salty because I, I got a really good number against him versus uh, Caceres, and then the line ballooned, and then he kind of got smoked in that fight and made me look like a dumbass, even though I beat the line by, like, 100 cents. But uh, you, you minus 400. I, I know Peter Barrett is fucking terrible. But minus 400 after what we just saw. I know Peter Barrett is not even close to Alex Caceres, but that is not the point, and I will stick to my guns. I got half a unit on Peter Barrett at plus 320. Prove me wrong. Barrett probably gets subbed. I will take that because I, I need some retribution after looking like an idiot last time betting Hooper. Wesley. 
Yeah, uh, last time I got some like plus one sixty or plus one seventy something around there on uh, on our boy uh, Caceres, and um, I'm I'm kind of with with Sean still though. I mean, I'm I'm coming from a different perspective, having hit that nice one against him last time. Um, look, Peter, fucking whatever the fuck is, he's not great, man. But I just. Hooper's going to have to show me one back before I'm seeing minus 400 and shit again. Um, I, I don't see how you could lay that on him here. Uh, you're going to go broke over time. Like this is probably a tout parlay special. I would not doubt it at all. If there's some, uh, there's some bets being sold with a Hooper in, in a parlay. Um, this is just another pure faith for me. I'm, I'm going to sprinkle on, uh, on, uh, on slippery Peter. Andrew, have you heard of the legend slippery Pete? I have not heard of either of these guys. And I'm just going to read the, the five little notes I took when I read, wrote, when I wrote out a pre-show, I said, uh, chase Hooper, the teenage dream, and then five question marks. And then losing to Alex Caceres, not the worst thing in the world. And, but still not great. And then I wrote Slippery Pete in six question marks. And then I said, uh, losing to Yusef Zawal, I don't know who that is, but I looked at his record and I was like, maybe not bad. And then I said, pick Barrett and nickname pick because capital letters, who cares? That's my notes. That is an excellent breakdown. Um, you're all wrong, though, because <laughs> Peter Barrett, Slippery Pete, Never again will he be referred to by his full name. Um, I, you got to go by Slippery Pete if that's your nickname. He's terrible. He is just like we talked about Justin James a couple minutes ago. We talked about a guy who is only in the UFC because of COVID. And he is absolutely that guy. Um, so he has uh, lost to Yusuf Salal, as you alluded to. Oh, that's Dana's he, boy. Oh, man. That's from Dana's boy's gym. That's why he's there. He's going to get struck, Tommy. He, he got submitted by something called Connor Barry in a, two minutes and 57 man. seconds. He got submitted by TJ Brown. Remember when TJ Brown was in the UFC for like half a minute? Uh, he got submitted by him. No. Uh, and he got... <laughs> knocked out by Drew Marais, who again, never heard of that dude in a minute 53. So yes, Chase Hooper is very much overrated. Um, people got burned on him in the last fight. Some of us made some decent money on Alex Caceres in the last fight. But honestly, I, I wasn't like that didn't turn me off of Chase Hooper. Uh, he got clipped by a bunch of stuff and showed a, a pretty decent chin. But most importantly, he never stopped moving forward. And he got Caceres in a bunch of spots, whether he took his back, whether he got it to the ground and got it into scrambles, stuff like that, where he's going to get on top of Slippery Pete. Uh, don't let the nickname fool you. This guy is not too slippery when it gets to the ground. Uh, and Hooper is very good on the ground. Uh, I, I took a little bit just a little bit uh, of Hooper TKO at plus 1050 in this fight. Uh, Cause I've seen a couple times in the past where he's got that like topside triangle 
but he's one of those dudes that's too long to finish the triangles. So then he just elbows the dude in the head a bunch of times and, and the ref steps in and, and calls it a TKO. Uh, so I took a little bit of Chase Hooper at, uh, at, uh, by TKO at plus 1050. So that's my little bet in here. But honestly, I, I wouldn't hate anybody that's parlaying Hooper in this spot because I, I think he kind of rolls. Oh, Next up. What? <laughs> they are I, trying I, to get him a win. They are, absolutely. Uh, and I, you know, I, I could go on further, but like Barrett always falls into clinches and stuff like that. And he's just going to. Even if Hooper's not stronger, which he's probably not because he's a little fucking dangly pipe cleaner, um, he'll be able to like sneak around and hop on his back and stuff like that. So Hooper, uh, he's going to win this one pretty big, I think. Next up, some big boys. We got Sergey Speedbag against Jared Bandeja Bread. Wait, do you guys have Boston Pizza in the States? Is that a thing? I think that's a Canadian only thing. Okay, I think there might be some in certain parts, but not. There's not many. If there is, I've never seen one. That nickname completely misses with most of our audience. Um, (laughs) But Boston Pizza is a restaurant in Canada that serves pizza. I don't know why they advertise it being from Boston because Boston isn't known for pizza. No, (laughs) Uh, but they've got an appetizer called bandera bread and just like bandera it's very tough and has no flavor at all to it (laughs) that might be the best description i've ever heard of this guy uh wes we'll start with you on this one yes i don't even know how the fuck i'm supposed to follow that with any kind of description uh that's that's pretty perfect yeah i I don't have I have much on this fight, man. Uh, Spivak's probably better. Are you laying minus or two two thirty five on Spivak? Yes. Uh, oh man, <laughs> the bread might be tough. The bread the bread might just be too too tough here, dude. Uh, might be stale enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He might he might be three day old uh, three day old bread. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I'm probably gonna pick Speed back here. I, I think he's the slightly better guy. He's he's got the UFC experience. Um, I I can't I can't later. He's the pick though. Sean, I looked into this fight about zero seconds. Um, Correct. Yeah, I I would pick Spivak. I don't know what uh, him by sub maybe. Um, I think it's like yeah, two fifty something like that. Yeah, that's probably right. Uh, I'll pick him, but uh, I'll leave uh, laying the the juice on uh, shitty Spivak to you, Brad. <laughs> he's got Hooper and Spivak, and I know he's, he's chalky, going full tout. He's going full tout this he's week. Going full touty. Hey, did I say I was laying the juice on Hooper? No, I found a. <laughs> I found a four-digit prop. <laughs> but you also prop said that you, you wouldn't blame anybody for doing it. Blame them. He just he just fucking like pushed out his fucking junk to seven touts. They're gonna listen to this and be like, "Brad's right. Brad's right." Seven uh, tout parlays. There we go. Right. Andrew, thoughts on the incredible heavyweight matchup between um, Sergey back. 
No, I mean, for both uh, guys, I just wrote has won and lost to some guys. And then I wrote Spivak feels feels like most uh, Dana White contender series uh, dudes are trash now. And so I'm, pay- oh, so I'm picking uh, him to beat uh, this other dude, Bandera. That is an incredibly accurate way to describe, what was this, season four of Contender Series? Yeah. Yeah. So any, pretty much anybody that came out of season four is not good. Um, so you can probably fade dudes just based on that. But, you know, we've, we've seen Spivak in there against some pretty decent dudes. Um, like he lost to Tybura, but he was still there fighting in the third round. Uh, got a bunch of takedowns against that fat dude that is disgusting and drinks beer out of a shoe. Um, so I, I guess that's a thing. And even in the third round of his last fight, which, uh, I actually saw for some reason, he was <laughs> kind of beating the shit out of that dude. So most heavyweights aren't going to have enough gas to survive that in the third round. Uh, I, I know that one of my books was super slow on getting their round props out for this fight. Um, but I, I'm kind of thinking, that uh, Spivak gets it done in the second or third. So uh, I'll see what those round props are. And uh, I think that he's going to come through in this one because Ben de Habred is one of those dudes that is terrible unless he gets on top of you. Um, He's like a white Derek Lewis. So (laughs) Not even close to that. (laughs) Think of how bad Derek Lewis is. And then imagine if he was white and how much worse (laughs) he would be. (laughs) And, and that's this dude. So there you Ooh. go. Spivak. Um, does anybody have any movies that they would like to review? Any any movies that you've watched lately? Nothing? Because uh, otherwise... Me and Andrew will review uh, uh, Cyberpunk Ooh, video games. after tomorrow. Yeah. We're yeah, probably yeah. going to have... After tomorrow. We'll have yeah. metal, metal tattooed fucking penises by tomorrow <laughs> noon. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I did see a movie though that I just wanted to mention very quickly. And if you, I know I'm super, super late to this party, but uh, I just watched a uh, Mad Max Fury Road for the first time. And if you, if that went, if that got by you, you didn't come on your radar. Watch the damn movie. It is so much fun, start to finish. Like there wasn't a single slow moment. I was like just absolutely enthralled and engaged by what was on the screen, and it's. It's good for even people that don't want to think about a movie or you want to think about it a little bit or whatever. It's good for everybody. Just watch the damn movie. There you go. And it, and it looks fucking amazing. Like the yes. cine, cine, cinematography is fucking amazing. That's right. And you guys got to hear Wes say cinematography as well. So that is your breakdown. <laughs> that's a hell of a breakdown for it. And that's Hughes. A, I guarantee – the enjoyment that the listeners will get from that will be much more than what they get from watching the Tisha Torres. I can't, I can't come up with catchy names like uh, the movie reviewer that they used to used to host here. <laughs> Crime scene drama, dramedy, murder flick horror show. Uh, all right, I, I, I think you're on out. It's mostly mostly stuff that we actually want to talk about because this is where the, the card takes a bit of a turn to for the better. Turn. Yep. For the better. 
A uh, little detour coming up, but mostly good. Featherweight division, we've got Govna Tucker. Um, for those of you who don't know, where Sean lives, Alberta, that's like the Texas of Canada. Um, but where Gavin, where, where Gavin Tucker comes from, Newfoundland, that's like the Alabama of Canada. So that's that's what you're getting with Damn. Gavin Tucker here. And he is taking on a man who's like top five. He's in the top five list of being built for these times. We're talking about some Billy Quarantine. So, Sean, we're, we're going to start off with you here because uh, you're probably going to bet on the Canadian because that's what you do. Fuck no. Um, <laughs> dude, I got plus 105 on Billy Q. Uh, Ooh, that's I, insane. That's insane. And, I mean, even then, like, it stuck around, like, pick him for a long, long time. And, obviously, people finally clued in and started betting Billy Q uh, early this week. I, I don't I don't I didn't get that number. Uh, I I don't understand. Uh Gavin Tucker is is not that good. He's beaten some really horrible guys. Billy Q puts a fucking pace on you. Um he he's got pretty good grappling. Um I just think he's much much better than uh than Gavin Tucker. I mean, we saw Ga- I mean, I saw Gavin Tucker almost die in the fucking <laughs> ring against Rick Glenn. That was a absolute mauling. Uh, Billy Q is very, very good. Uh, I know he hasn't fought the greatest fighters, but he's been in some situations where they've, they've tested him and, and he's kind of came through with flying colors. This guy is gritty. Uh, he can take a beating and he can, he can overcome. He's got very good cardio. I think he's going to run through, uh, Gavin Tucker. So I got two units on, uh, Billy Q at plus 105. I was scared away by this number. I was just like, am, am I totally missing something? I, I should have added more, obviously, by, uh, what it is now, but uh, I'll still roll with that number on Billy Q. Uh, we have an important update by a man who, there you go. We he he discusses these things. <laughs> the uh, Steve Steve Gregory is our insider in terms of entertainment and soccer bets. Uh, even though you fucking lost. cost me, you son of a only bitch. winner, Steve. What the fuck? <laughs> You're not allowed to post losers in the chat, Steve. Um, Wes, what do you, what do you got here on uh, on Tucker and and the quarantine man? Yeah, um, I think Sean got a lot of it. Um, I just think uh, Billy Q's just he's he's a better Gavin Tucker. Like he's just they're almost kind of the same kind of guy, but Billy Q just does it all uh, so much better. Um, and like Sean said, the the level of competition. Um, I mean, I don't think Billy Q faced you know tough guys, but even a guy like Spike, you know, he's gonna bring it though. Like we saw him put a pace on Billy Q in that fight that um, he had to move the entire time. Like uh, he had he had a guy in his face and and won rather easily. I mean, Gavin Tucker went two and a half with fucking a guy that Brad said wouldn't even be in the UFC if it wasn't for fucking uh, COVID right now. And I agree. Uh, 
like James would not be in the UFC if it if it wasn't uh, for COVID right now. Um, yeah, I, I like Billy Q here. Uh, that that line Sean got was madness. I I haven't been able to look at a lot over the past week or so. Um, if I would have caught that, that would have been one of my biggest bets on this card. Probably. Uh, I think Billy Q just puts it on Tucker here, man. I don't think Tucker's going to be able to deal with his, uh, with his pace for 15 minutes. Um, so yeah, plus one Oh five. I'm, I'm still going to play Billy Q with something. Uh, I haven't made, but a couple bets so far, but yeah, Billy Q big for me in this fight. All right, Andrew, I've got another Canadian restaurant reference for you. How do you think Tucker's Marketplace has fared during these quarantine times? It's out of business. (laughs) It's pretty accurate because it's a buffet restaurant, so... (laughs) <laughs> that shit's an only Ontario thing. That's not even a Canadian thing. I've never that's, heard that's of that. Ontario is Canada. See, it's it's true. True. here's here's where Americans and Canadians differ. It's like when the Golden Corral opens back up, motherfuckers are gonna have it packed. They will be at the door <laughs> going going back to the Golden Corral. They don't give a fuck. They do it right now. Yeah, they, they would. It, it would be packed right now. Not not even a question. <laughs> what were the notes yeah. here? Um, okay, well, I mean, the notes aren't that important here. I just kind of did a lot of uh and whatever's when because I I read that it, he lost a uh, Tucker lost to Rick Glenn and I was like, well, that's not a great sign. And it wasn't even that long ago. Life changing. And, and then uh, and then I I wrote for Billy Q. I said like he seems really good just by looking at his record because he has uh, he has a he has a pretty long um, he has a pretty good record. He has a, a streak going, and then he's also finishing like almost everybody too, which is uh, you know it's a good sign. And it just he, it just like his record popped out to me. I couldn't picture either one of these guys when I saw the names, and I. Would, I'm not doing tape study. That's not happening. So, uh, so you know, that's that's all I get. So I pick uh, Billy Q from that alone. Yeah, um, you know, just to to talk about Rick Glenn for a second because I think it's important to note that Rick Glenn went like one and two in the UFC after he absolutely destroyed every fiber of Gavin, Tuck, Gavin Tucker's being. Um, and I, is he retired? Oh, no, he has a fight coming up, doesn't he? He's fighting next week. <laughs> that's, how, that's how much Rick Glenn matters. Right? It's like, is this guy retired? No, he's, he's fighting next week. Uh, but that's, oh my God. that's not a dude that you want to beat the shit out of you. Because Rick Glenn hasn't like he's been to decision in every fight since I don't know, like the start of his career. Um, all I can remember of Rick Glenn fights is them going an extremely long time. And he absolutely beat the shit out of Gavin Tucker. Uh, and he's, I guess recovered with a couple of wins against very bad fighters since then, but he's not good defensively. Uh, maybe he can get a takedown or two in this fight, but as Sean and Wes said, Billy's just going to put such a pace on him that he looks great and gets third round finishes in fights where guys gas after a round and he can just really take over. 
in this fight, Billy's not getting out of here. Uh, you know, he's he's not getting rid of Billy early in this fight, uh, and Billy's just going to keep coming after him. So uh, I've got Billy uh, to win this fight. Uh, I got not quite as good a line as Sean. I got minus one ten, still way better than what's out there. Uh, they're actually usually books don't do this, but uh, they're actually willing to cash me out at a bit of a profit profit before the the fight's even taken place. Um, so that's always a good sign. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like Billy in this one quite a bit, and uh, yeah, we'll 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 see how it turns out. But you know, a, a lot of the spots where Spike was able to just muscle Billy around, I don't think that Gavin Tucker's got that in him. No. Nope. Next up, uh, what's this division called again? Strawweight. Uh, Correct. Or like. I don't know. I, I got nothing that rhymes with straw, but it's, it's boring. Uh, Mackenzie Dern taking on Vina Handy Jabba. Um, Wes, you, you want to break this one down? Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have too much. Um, I guess you got to take Dern in this spot. Um, I, I think this, this fight could, could go under. Um, I, I think somebody's going to catch something on the mat. They're going to get around and do dumb shit on the mat. Uh, Dern, probably. Um, she's, I don't, I guess she's a better jujitsu, uh, player than this chick, but I think one of them probably get caught in something. We, we've seen so many women's fights. Uh, these dumb subs and shit are happening now. I think these two are actually halfway confident on the mat. So, yeah, I, I kind of like the the under at some plus money here. I'll probably have a small play on it. Um, Darren to be a pick. Really don't care. Ever the optimist, Wes. Sean, what do you got here? See, I like the opposite for the exact reason you said, Wes. I mean, I, I didn't play the over, but these girls are actual competent jujitsu uh, fighters to the point where they can defend themselves from decent uh, from decent jujitsu. Um, I kind of understand this line. Dern's the name. Uh, I think uh, Vanderoba is going to go for takedowns, which she'll get, and then like, you're in Mackenzie Dern's uh, guard. I think Vanderoba can can fight off those subs, and if she has top control, I think she can win a, de- a decision. Uh, I don't like it too, too big, but I, I threw it. A unit on Jandaroba by decision at plus 240. I think that's her best, best path just because of Dern's good jujitsu. But I think that top control, uh, as long as she doesn't get subbed, which it is possible, but I uh, I like her sub game, and, and I think she's going to be on top for, for most of this fight. So I'll, uh, I'll take I the shot. I think you're clinching for a lot of fucking time in this fight. <laughs> They're going to be scrambling, and you're going to be clinching. That's fine. Andrew makes it more exciting. Give me the real take on this fight. All right, the real take on this. I, I, I think I think Dern's going to win. I mean, the reason why I think so is because, like, her loss, I don't think it was that bad. It was right after she came back from pregnancy, right? Am I, is, am I thinking of the right person? Like, she got Monica. pregnant and then came right back. Monica. And then, like, yeah, and she got and and fought and she an lost. decent fighter. Yeah, she fought a decent fighter. That's the thing. So she's only lost to someone who I think is pretty pretty good within the division and, you know, has fought okay people and won. Um, 
you know, and, you know, is it like a, I kind of like what Wes is saying for sure, just because there's a lot of, there's so many subs on both of their records. I was like, and a, and a lot of them are really, really early, especially for Dern. So I was, uh, yeah, pick Dern. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them uh, subbed the other. I'm with Sean on this one. We've talked about it way too long. Um, but, yeah, you've actually got a, a competent grappler in there with Dern. And and let's not forget, she is not great at taking fights to the ground. Uh, so this is probably only going to end up on the ground if, if Vina Handy Joba uh, wants, it, wants to take it down there. And... I, I feel like, I don't know, at some point, at some point, there's going to be someone that fights Mackenzie Dern and is not stupid enough to go to the ground with her. Um, we'll see, eventually. Uh, I, I don't have quite as much faith in Sean that it's going to go the distance, uh, but I do have the over and a, over one and a half at minus 250 in a parlay uh, with some some Spivak and I forget what the other thing was. Uh, I'll pull it up at some point in the show, but I don't think we've got past that fight yet. Next up, we have a, a featherweight contest. This is fun. This is this is a good one. Uh, Cub Swanson coming back one more time for the the old bear. Uh, he's going to have to change his first name from Cub because that's that ain't no Cub anymore. Uh, what's his actual first name? It's like Luke or something. It's something stupid. <laughs> uh, Mook, Mook Swanson. Um, somebody look it up for me. But he's taking on Daniel the Pit Pineda. Kevin. Uh, or Kevin. Okay, Kevin. <laughs> okay. Kevin Luke. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Luke. There you go. See? I knew I wasn't pulling that out of nowhere. Um, he's taking on Daniel the Pit Pineda. Or as I like to call him, Mexican Jake Shields. Doesn't fight the same, but you put a picture of those two guys beside each other. I'm telling you, one of them has a white dad and one of them has a Mexican dad. Sean, what do you got here? I think this is going to be a fun fight. I think uh, Daniel Pineda just forces action. Uh, I think... I think this is just going to be kind of a, a brawl. Swanson has been subbed a bunch, so uh, he could go that route. I I kind of have a feeling that Pineda might might grab a TKO. I know Cub's only been finished once by TKO with the flying knee from Aldo, but he's got beat up a shit ton. Uh, he is getting old. Um, he, he's coming off a year-long layoff after beating Kron, but... Uh, I like Pineda in this fight. I, I just didn't want to lay it uh, with him, so I was trying to find a, a prop, and uh, I landed on TKO, plus 800 for half a unit. Not bad. Uh, Wes, I'm going to skip over you for a second. I know that Andrew has some things to say about Cub Swanson and Daniel Pineda. Yeah, actually, I actually do. I think Cub might actually be a good underdog pick because, like, the guys he's lost to are uh, are all really, really good. And I mean, probably the 
what the worst loss he had was like Aldo recently, just because he'd been declining. But um, I don't know. I mean, he, he seems like he seems like he only loses to the really, really, really good guys. And I know he's lost like a lot of his kind of ex- like power, explosiveness, and that kind of stuff. And he just goes to decision all the time. And Pineda has definitely has more ways to win. Um, you know, I still think Swanson uh, still has a really good shot at this. There you go, Wesley. Yeah, it's it's um, it's wild. I kind of think of Pineda as you know more the younger guy here. Uh, like they're only a couple years apart, but Two Cubs. Years, at, yeah. He's at thirty seven now, and man, has he been around for a long, long time? And Pineda has too, though. Like Pineda's been around this game for for quite a while. He just doesn't seem like he's. He's been in the same kind of uh, fights that that Cub has uh, over the past decade or so. Um, yeah, I just man, Cub's got like a couple wins in the past like three years, and it's it's Artem, the the Flobov, and I mean the Kron win was a was a good win, but man, I, I think you know hindsight of that fight, it kind of played out perfectly for Cub. I mean, Kron was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. And that, that, that whole deal got to him that that was not the same guy um, that we had seen coming in that fight. He, he was a Darren headlights in that fight. Good win for, for cub though. No, no doubt. Um, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not convinced, man, a 37 year old uh, cub can, can beat Daniel Pineda here. Um, do I hate a, an underdog bet on Cub? I, I guess not. I, I would just need a a, a much bigger number. Uh, personally, I, I like Pineda here. I actually think Pineda can get a sub in this spot is kind of how I'm leaning. Uh, I, I think Pineda does seem to end up on the mat quite a bit. He doesn't have the, the greatest takedown defense. But, man, is he active off of his back and in his guard. And – you know, I don't. Cub's not the the greatest jujitsu guy or anything, but he'll take a guy down and and get in his guard and fuck around a little bit. So, um, it's kind of how I'm leaning. I, I do think Pineda wins this fight. Um, I, I think it can be kind of close in, in spots, but I just got a feeling that Cub's going to get a takedown here and mess around in Pineda's guard and uh, and get caught in something that that's kind of feeling. So I, I like Pineda by sub. Yeah, I, I find this one a little bit tricky, and I'm probably going to stay away from it because <clears throat> in terms of sides, like I, I've been watching Daniel Pineda for too long to be tricked into thinking that he's good. Uh, he's fun, but he, he's he's not oh, great. Yeah. great. Um, and at the same time, Cub is like – he looks like he's shot – uh, and now he's coming off a completely torn knee, uh, year layoff, 37 years old. Um, so it's hard to back him here as well. And at the same time, you can't even do like the, the under two and a half thing that we did in the, the smoke bet or the uh, smoke bite last week, because if Cub wins, I, I don't see him really getting Pineda out of there. He's just um, all day, yeah. Yeah, and if Pineda wins, he probably gets Cub out of there. So I, I don't love a total. I don't love a side on this. Uh, I, I'll pick Pineda, but like, would it shock me if yeah? Would it shock me if Cub can get some takedowns and stay on top and not get subbed? Not really. Um, so so we'll see, but. 
it should be a good fight. It's just one that I don't have any interest in betting. Moving up to the main card, we're going to kick it off in the heavyweight division. These aren't the kind of heavyweights that I like, though. These guys are a little too in shape to be (laughs) my kind of heavyweights. We got the former champion, JDS, uh, many years removed from being the champion. But hey, so is Andre Arlovsky. And he's taken on Cyril Figgis. No, Cyril Gane. Sean, what do we got here? These are the spots that I used to like to take the underdog, the big underdog veteran against the kind of a little more unproven up and comer. But Dos Santos, he's going to, he might be winning this fight until he's not. And then he gets clipped and it's over. Um, I thought he was doing well in the Rosenstruck fight. And then. And then he wasn't. And he got touched. Uh, and I, I don't think it's just a, a huge power thing. I think it's just that that chin is is there to be had, and and his his skills can only protect him for so long. Uh, I think Gane gets it. Uh, like I said, JDS might be winning up until that point, and then it's over. So I'm passing. Uh, I don't really like anything involved in this fight. Uh, can hope for a JDS win, but I think. The inevitable is going to happen. Andrew, I know you know who JDS is. Have you ever heard of Cyril Gunn? Uh, no. Um, and I kind of don't think it matters because I feel like I feel like what uh, what Sean said was it was kind of how I feel about it because I actually did do a little bit of actual research into this instead of just surface level sure dog stuff. Um, and like. It's just so hard for JDS to, to back him. I mean, I know the number looks like insane too. And I love JDS. So like it's coming from pure fanboying out that I'm going to pick him. But I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he's long for this world. He's going to be, he's going to be asleep, I think. So we'll see. This might West. be the last time we see him if, if it's yeah. good for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean, Sean made a point uh, about, you know, Arlovsky and, the, the difference here is somehow Arlovsky can take punches again. Like Ar- Arlovsky gets clocked now for some reason, and he doesn't go to sleep anymore. Um, his recovery is there. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what happened to Arlovsky. If he, they shipped him to Russia and they put some bionic shit in his jaw. I don't know, man. But that guy can take a punch again. Um, JDS, like, what was so great about JDS is his boxing and hands were so much better than everybody else's. He would get in firefights because he knew that he would eventually land a couple. He could take one or two. He was going to land and get a guy out of there eventually. He can't do that no more, but he still gets in those firefights. He's still got good hands. He still thinks he's got, you know, great hands. He, he does for the most part, but that chin's gone, man. The first good punch he takes in an exchange, he's hurt. I, I that's the crazy thing about Arlovsky. That should be Arlovsky. I, I don't know how that guy keeps surviving. I've lost up, I keep losing money on him, but or against him. But um, I, I like uh, I like Gon here, um, uh, either inside the distance or by TKO. I think TKO is uh, like minus one twenty five, one thirty or something. I think he gets JDS out of there. Um, I think 
he might have caught a sub at a crazy price like a couple years ago. I don't see that happening on JDS whatsoever. So uh, probably just going to take the TKO here, uh, believe it, uh, minus 125. Yeah, I uh, I wish that I could back JDS in this one, but I mean, this dude had one of the most brutal runs that any fighter has ever had in MMA. Um, and not even talking about like his whole career. He just had like that sequence where he fought Kane and took a beating. And then he fought Mark Hunt in a super competitive fight where like eventually he got that sweet knockout, but there was shit going back and forth in both, both ways in that fight. And then he fought Kane again and took an even worse beating uh, and we all thought he was done at that point, um, fought Stipe and went like five rounds in a super competitive fight where they both took a shitload of punishment. Uh, and I just like, ever since then, every time he's lost, he's been knocked out and, you know, you can say he's getting, he's getting knocked out by big hitters, but he's also getting knocked out every time he loses. So I, I'm not sure how much of it is the big hitters and how much of it is him just being kind of kind of washed in this the is both. This yeah. Is both. yeah so it's tough his skills are enough for him to hang around against most guys and gone isn't super aggressive so i kind of think that this one sneaks into fatty's territory uh and that's a decent price. You can get minus 120 on the the over one and a half here. Um, I, I think that happens. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked to see Gon get some some takedowns and lay on top of him for a little bit because really, I know this dude has some hype, but he's 2020 Czech Congo. He's he's Czech Congo, but with some more shit that he can do. Yeah, um, he's not some like great heavyweight or anything it's not no he's not out there crushing guys he'll win a decisive decision um and maybe he'll put away don tail maze with like 15 seconds left in the fight um but he's not blowing guys out so i, I think over one and a half here maybe gone by decision uh but it, it's hard to trust it getting a full 15 minutes with the the way JDS is these days. Yeah, I can't see it. Middleweight division. We got another old dude. Old awesome dude. Yeah. Jacques Array. Garage Array. Taking on Kevin Holland. Did you guys know? Gun change, baby. Did you know that Jacques Array is training in a garage for this one? Wes, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to you. And then I'm going to go to Andrew. And then I'm going to go to Sean. And while you guys are doing that, I'm going to go to the bathroom <laughs> and get another beer. Yeah. Um, apparently, the game done changed. Uh, uh, apparently, um, our boy uh, Jacare is going by the way of his countrymen, and uh, he's going to the garage like uh, Glover. And we know Glover is on the, the cusp, uh, cusp of uh, becoming a, a UFC fucking champion in this sport. So, um yeah, I mean, all, all seriousness here. Look, Jacare is is getting old. Uh, he's getting up there, but he's got a path here. He he's got an absolute path. Look, Holland can't stop a takedown. 
Like if that guy can stay at range and piece you up, he's fucking awesome. Like, like he's great. But if he can't get Jockery out of there fairly soon, um, we, we sell, we saw the gas tank on him against, um, uh, who was it a couple back? Uh, Stewart, I believe. Like yep. we, we, we saw the gas tank on Holland. It's not great. He throws a lot of volume. He throws a lot of, um, a lot of strikes that, that use up energy, high energy strikes and shit, big stuff. So I just think Jockery can get takedowns in this fight. And if you think Jockery can get takedowns in this fight, then you got to think Jockery's got a chance of getting Holland out of there. And, uh, that's absolutely what I believe. I think Jockery's going to, Gonna get a takedown, and it it might only take one. Um, Holland's okay, I guess, jujitsu defense off of his back, but he's never fought anybody at the level of Jacare. So, yeah, I like Jacare in this spot. I, I didn't get the the best the best of the line. I, I believe he was an underdog for a while, um, but I, I still think it's a good price at around even money minus one ten. Uh, I like Jacare here. Right on. Uh, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing for you, Wes, but uh, I agree with you in a lot of ways. And so when I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, the first the note that I put when I was writing about Jacare, and I don't really have to put this as a note, was that he's he shot. I mean, he's basically done being a top guy, but he's still so dangerous everywhere he is. He even has like, even if he's getting pieced up on the feet. He can catch lightning in a bottle. He's done it before and knocked a guy out with just one shot. It's happened before. He does still have that power. You never know if it's going to show up or not. It probably won't, but it's still a potential avenue. And then if it gets on the floor, it just, it's going to be a bloodbath, I think. Uh, like he, I don't really see how like Holland is going to be able to stop him. And, um, you know, so I think I think Jacare can win basically by TKO by sub, and I think he can uh, I think he can win decision by being on top. And uh, Holland I think has has less ways to win, and uh, he just kind of has a so so resume, I guess. So I don't I just don't know if he's ready for this kind of step up. So that's what I have. I have Jacare. Yeah. I... When I looked in this fight, it, it felt like a, a stay away fight. I think both of these guys have some some question marks attached to them. Uh, Jacques Rain in that Jan Blockowitz fight just seemed like he just couldn't pull the trigger. And we talk about you know that's one of the ways that we see when guys are shot; they just won't pull the trigger for for whatever reason. Uh, he is forty one years old now. Uh, he has been in some some wars. Uh, Kevin Holland is is also you know he went he probably lost that Darren Stewart fight um, has been beating up a bunch of randoms that shouldn't be on the the UFC roster like I big question marks on both sides um, anybody who grabbed the dog money on on Jacare, I think that's a, a good play um, I do think it's a close fight. My ru- a sketchy Russian book has Jacare sub plus five hundred. I mean, you gotta sprinkle that. I, I I put a half a unit on it. And I just yeah. looked it up, uh, so I guess I'm not completely staying away. Yeah, from this yeah, you fight. got it. Uh, at, at that price, I had to, uh, especially when the the number at most books is around plus two hundred, plus two fifty. Um, I I do think it's going to be a, a close fight. Uh, Holland's got a nine inch reach advantage, which. Yeah. Uh, can be sketchy if he knows how to use it. Uh, Jacare's been in there with the best, so this is going to be a test for Holland, and and I hope Jacare goes for takedowns. He has not really committed to takedowns in, in a long time. 
He's back at 185. We'll see how rough that, that weight cut is. But I really do hope he goes for takedowns because I think if he does get this down, he has a big advantage on the ground and, and could lock up a sub. So quick recap of what I miss. Wes, what do you like here? Uh, Basso. Andrew, I, you said you were like kind of staying away. You seemed a little um, hesitant. Well, I pick I pick I pick but I mean, there's definitely ways for both guys to win. And Sean's lock of the night is Jacare Basso. <laughs> um, that, that's what I got into his portion. <sighs> Man. I, I, I think people need a reminder of who Kevin Holland is. Um, you know, before before 2020 happened, every time there was a Kevin Holland fight, we were like, oh, man, this dude constantly puts himself in bad positions. He'll get taken down by guys <laughs> who don't want to wrestle. He'll yeah. let himself get hold up, held up against the cage. Man, he's got this stri- this length advantage. Why the hell isn't he using it? Um, Holland, I think, is about as perfect an example of uh, a guy being hyped up due to COVID and fighting terrible opponents as there can be. Um, the fact that Jacare was plus 150 against this guy uh, earlier this week or late last week or whenever it was... Uh, I, I grabbed some of the, the plus 140. Um, obviously, the, the line's not really there, although I feel like it's settled uh, around even money for, for Jacques Ray. And honestly, that, that feels like a, a great price to me, uh, even though he's 41. And yeah, he's looked a little hesitant in there against guys who are high volume, uh, like Hermanson, um, who... You know, it turns out doesn't have a terrible gas tank. And, you know, his last fight, he went to a split decision against the light heavyweight champion, the fake light heavyweight champion. Um, but still, you know, a, a top five light heavyweight, that's pretty good. And um, I, I looked it up on the, the MMA decision site um, just a, a couple days ago. But I'm pretty sure if you just take the scorecards for the first three rounds of that Blackowitz fight, he would have won that fight. So he doesn't have to be a 41-year-old man going 25 minutes in this fight against a big-ass 205-er. He's got to be a 41-year-old man going 15 minutes, maybe, against Kevin Holland, who got taken down a bunch of times by way shittier wrestlers than Jacare. And, you know, it, it kind of gets overlooked because there's dudes like Yolo in the middleweight division, but Jacare is kind of a freak athlete too. Uh, this dude is extremely strong, extremely quick. And even if that's faded a little bit, I, I think he's still a better athlete than Kevin Holland, who's just like a long, lanky, goofy motherfucker. Uh, so I think that Jacare can get some takedowns here or maybe just one takedown uh, and that might be enough. But even if he doesn't finish him with the, the first takedown, I think he can get a couple. And I think he can either ride out a decision or, or get an early sub in this one because Holland's grappling is all right. But he's so willing to accept bad positions that Jacare is a guy that he could be 50 years old and he could still out grapple all but like maybe the top five of the, the middleweight division. 
Uh, he, he's that good on the ground. So I like Jacare here. I took him at plus 140. Wish I got more, but, you know, given when that line was available, the uh, the limits weren't too much. So you got to take what you can take. Next up in the lightweight division, we have Rafael Soda Popinski, Fizzy Pop, taking on Renato Moicano. And we'll uh, we'll go back. I, I think we went uh, West first last time, so we'll go Sean first this time. Other I was a bit, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a bit surprised by this line. I, I thought it would be a little shaded more to to Moicano being the favorite. I, I know some people are hyped up on on old Fizzy Pop. Uh, he's he does some some spinning shit, and he, he honestly looked pretty good against uh, Diakisi last time out. Uh, I was on Diakisi there and 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 lost, but uh, Moicano is is still a very good fighter. I, I know he he lost to Aldo and and Korean Zombie uh, and got finished by them. Those guys aren't bad. Uh, then he came and just absolutely dummied uh, Hadzovic uh, in March. To, to when he when he moved up to, to lightweight, so I I think Moicano is is a good fighter and he he can contend on the feet and I think he's got a better ground game than this guy if, if he does get it to the to the ground. So uh, I like him to win. Uh, I'm surprised by the line. Surprised by the line movement. Uh, it's it's up to like plus plus one forty now. Uh, I just got a unit on Moicano at plus one twenty five. I think he can can win a striking match and and mix in some takedowns. Andrew, uh, out of all the the fighters that I picked who are underdogs, I think I like this pick probably the second most. Um, I, I I don't really understand um, why this other dude uh, Fizzy Pop is. Uh, I don't I don't understand what, like what what brings what brings him uh, to have such a close line. I and when I saw the fight, I saw the fight uh, just listed without the betting lines, and I was like, oh, Moicano's probably like minus two fifty or something. And then I looked at it and was very surprised. So, uh, and yeah, Mokano's still really good. And I think that, that went over, uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember how you pronounce his name. Calvin Cutter, Cater, whatever. Like that Cater. win or whatever. Cater. Yeah, that's right. So, um, that win looks even better now, I think. And, um, he has a really solid resume. So, like, it's really hard to pick against him in this spot, in my opinion, at least. I'm dumb though. So, never know. I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cater's uh, definitely a different guy at this point, but that's still a very nice win on his resume uh, because Cater is a legitimate title contender at this point in that division. Um, yeah, look, I, I kind of I, I like Fizzy Pop. I actually think he's he's a pretty good fighter. Um, you know, it was a good win against Diakisi, but. Diakisi just did Diakisi things in that fucking fight. I mean, he, the guy, some fights he looks like otherworldly kickboxing striker taking guys out. And other times he just shrinks. He backs up. He doesn't throw strikes. Um, I'm not sure Moicano is going to, going to be that guy here. More, more Moicano uses his length so much better than Daikisi does. And that's why I bet Daikisi in that fight. I just thought he could use his length and out, outstrike the old fizzy pop here. But I think that's what Moicano does. Um, I think people's kind of underselling him, man. Yeah. He, he got, he got knocked out or got taken out by two of the best in the division. And this guy doesn't hit like 
fucking Korean zombie or auto. He doesn't hit with power like that. He's more of a volume striker. Um, I just don't think that's going to work against Moicano. Uh, Moicano, like I said, uses his length very good. It's going to be a second fight up at 55. Uh, he's already got the body type to fill out and be um, not be undersized at all at, at 55. He's probably going to be the bigger guy in this fight, even moving up to 155. Um, yeah, I just think this is kind of going to be a stand-up fight, and uh, he can use his length to, to counterpunch and look pretty good. Um I don't get the price either. Um, I, I don't know if I would go as far as Moicano uh, minus two fifty or anything, but I, I I like Fizzy Pop a little bit though. I've, I've seen him fight. I thought the the Diakisi win was a was a pretty good win for him, um, but like I said, th- this line is not right. <laughs> Moicano should not be a dog here. If if he loses um, a close striking match and a decision, then so be it. I'm I'm taking plus one forty all day here. Uh, so yeah, I like Mikado. Yeah, this is a a crazy pills moment for me. Um, I look at this line and like I I think about Fizzy Pop and he's got a couple wins in the UFC. Like congratulations, you beat the shit out of Alex White for 10 minutes uh, and then had a pretty competitive third round with Alex White. And oh, then, yeah, you beat the shit out of uh, Diakisi for five minutes and then won the second round pretty clearly and then probably lost the third round in that fight. Um, so I, I, I think he's one of those guys that probably throws a little bit harder than he should. Uh, it, it seems like he definitely slows down a bit in the fight. And, and we've seen that if he needs to, Moicano can definitely go 15 minutes, take away the, the cut down to featherweight because he was massive featherweight. Like go back and, and look at his fight against Aldo. And like, that looks like a bantamweight against a lightweight in that fight. Uh, it, it's just that he happened to be fighting, you know, one of the greatest fighters of all time in that fight. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, I just see like a guy who throws some hard body kicks against guys that have stood right in front of him and a guy who is willing to move around a lot and throw leg kicks and poke with his jab. And that's not even considering the fact that if this goes to the ground, Moicano is going to have a huge advantage. Um, so I, I hear people out there talking about how if this stays on the feet, that Moicano is, you might as well put him in a body bag right now. And honestly, I, I could see some some serious Jeremy Stevens uh, Moicano vibes out of this fight where Stevens is charging forward and Moicano is just moving out of the way and leg kicking him and jabbing him, and Fizzy Pop's getting real frustrated. He's got at a good counter hook too. Uh, that that might put Fizzy Pop down. Like, yeah, I really I, think that it's not more. So that's crazy, man. Uh, but yeah, the the line here I just think is is silly. You've got one guy that's beaten some low to mediocre yeah. level lightweights. And a guy who has only lost to the absolutely elite featherweights and now has moved up to, to lightweight. 
Um, I've got to take take the guy that's shown more. So uh, I'm on Moicano. Uh, I got him at plus 131. And I'm glad I only took it for a unit. I I thought that the line would even out a little bit. But, man, it just seems to to keep going in in Fizzy Pop's direction. I, I feel like at this point, I've got a chuck on the end of my name. Uh, you could throw me into a UFC fight tomorrow, and I'd probably be a minus two fifty. Just they'd be like, "Oh man, that guy sounds Russian. He's got to be." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so shit. we all like Moicano in this spot, and uh, I believe that that makes him the MMA analysis consensus bet of the week. Um, there's various prices out there right now. Plus one forty. We'll, we'll give the five dimes one because that's what we always used to give. Plus one forty for Hanato Moicano to uh, to get the win in this spot. Moving up to the co-main event, and what a co-main event we have! God, this is a fight because we've got Tony the Cuck Ferguson <laughs> taking on Dubro. That's El Cuck, buddy. El no, no. <laughs> no, it's it's the Cuck. It's El Kakui in Mexican, but you translate it to English, American English. American. And it's and it's the Cuck. Tony the Cuck first. Fair. <laughs> Wesley, start us off in this one. A Ooh. banger. Yeah, th- this is this is an amazing fight. Um <clears throat> I'm glad we've gotten back to the point to where um, our boy Doe Bronx is, can get a fight like this, um, and you know we we can get past all the all the bullshit from a, a few years ago about about Doe Bronx. Uh, this this guy's turned into to something else, man. Like he he really has. Um, you know the the sub game speaks for itself. I believe he's the the record holder in UFC history now for for subs, which is unbelievable. But I want to talk about the the striking of of Dobronx because um, it's it's improved just crazily. I mean, we 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 talk about a few other fighter, a few other Brazilians that have the the jujitsu credentials of, of a guy like Dobronx. And, you know, uh, we talk about Pedro Munoz and guys like that have just improved their boxing and striking so much to where they primarily use that. I won't go that far with Dobronx, but it's just another facet now that, man, you, you're not going to necessarily have an easy out if you keep it on the feet with him. Um, you know, with Tony, like, Tony's 36 now, man. And I, I think a fight like the one he had last time, it changed, it, it changed his career. I, I absolutely believe fights like that later on in your career, they're, they change you. Uh, he's not going to be the same guy coming into this fight. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it's like some blowout for, for no Bronx or anything, but, um, look, Tony gets into bad spots. Even Tony at his best gets into countless bad spots. He's not going to be able to roll around on the mat and shit with Dobronx like he does with a lot of these guys. Like Tony's wrestling and scrambles, they're still so fucking good. But do you want to count on that against a guy like this that can snatch up a neck out of nowhere? Like I, I, I wouldn't. 
Tony's going to. You know he's going to. This this shit's gonna get nuts. He's gonna be rolling around. He's gonna put himself in a bat in bad spots. Um, then then when it's just in, in striking, um, I don't think Doe Bronx is so far uh, you know, out of his out of over it over his head here. I mean, like I said, I, I think he's gotten good enough to where uh, he's he's going to be able to hold his own, um, man. I like Dobrock here as a as an underdog. Um, it's kind of crazy to say that. I, I think maybe before the Gagey fight, um, getting Tony at a line like this uh, against anybody outside of maybe Khabib, you'd be all over it. Um, I just don't think that's the case anymore, man. I really think that that changed that last fight against Gagey changed him. Um, 36, like I said now, Don Bronx has got a, a couple ways to win this fight. I, I like him here as a dog, man. I think think you got to take him here at that price. Um, if Tony pulls something out, he does. I just I don't see it anymore, man. I think that was the I think that was the down slope of, of Tony's career coming out of that gauge fight. Andrew, I know you know some some Tony Ferg and uh, and some Dubois. Yeah, what a sick fight this is. Holy shit, man. I am I when I saw that that was announced, I literally had to like look down and then look back and get close to the computer and be like cuz I never in a million years thought they were going to give uh Dubron whatever like uh, in a fight like this. <laughs> right. Uh, I never thought they were going to give him a fight like this at all, and and they did. And it's just it's the right, it's the perfect time. Tony's coming off that insanely difficult fight, uh, took a huge beating. It also has to be deflating that he never did get that real shot to. And I don't care how how people say, oh, he's crazy and he does all this stuff, and he he has this he has this personality that he just like doesn't care and he's on another planet, but. It, I, he, it had to have affected him in some way. And I'm not saying it's going to manifest itself in this fight. I just think it's a perfect timing for uh, Dubron to show up. And like, and I think he's so he's dangerous everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if there was a TKO finish. I wouldn't be surprised. Definitely wouldn't be surprised if there was a sub, but I also think he can win a decision kind of crazily. Uh, I think there's so many ways for him to win. I think Tony is much, much less likely to finish the fight as well. Um, and he just takes a lot of damage. He comes in and he leaves his chin out and he's doing wild things and he gets clipped a lot and he's relied on that iron chin for so long. And at some point that shit's going to crack and both these guys hit hard. So, you know, I could see either one of them putting him down on the feet, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I think, it, I think it's just tough and it's just the right opportunity at the right time. And I think like, obviously like what Wes said, you know, a little bit ago before the Gaethje fight, it would be hard to not pick Tony. I just think the timing and the timing is such an important part in people's careers like this. And that's why they always talk about bringing along prospects slowly and how important that is to the real prospects development. And it's also, it's also uh, manifests itself in smaller ways like this too. It's the perfect time. I think I, if I had to pick, I would pick sub, but I, I think he can win in any of the three ways. So I'm picking out uh, Bronx definitely. Sean, what you got here? Yeah, I don't have much more to say. I think you guys broke this down really, really well. Uh, I, I do think it's a, it's kind of a perfect timing thing. Uh, like you said, Andrew, Tony's kind of always been hit. He's, he's been dropped a shit ton of times and he just kind of overcomes and, and now he got a very, very long sustaining beating from Gaethje. Um, 
He's getting old. Uh, Du Bronx has just improved so much uh, in the last couple of years. I I know he wasn't fighting the the best people. They weren't really giving him much uh, a chance to, to fight upper echelon fighters, but... Uh, as we saw in that Kevin Lee fight, this dude is dangerous wherever this is. Uh, I, I agree. I think he can win any way, sub, TKO, or decision. Uh, I like him here. I think he's just a fresher fighter. Very good matchup. They, they match up very well stylistically. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see Dubronx clip him and and grab a neck or or just try to to pound him out. So I like Dubronx here, two units plus one thirty. Andrew, pop back in. Yeah, uh, the one thing I forgot to mention too about it is I would feel just slightly different if this was a five round fight versus a three round fight. Um, just slightly. Um, I think it would be more evenish, um, close to even. Just because if there wasn't a finish in a five round, I would definitely think that would favor Tony a little bit. That's all. Yep. Just because we've seen him go five ridiculous rounds and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's a good call. Absolutely. I I think you guys are are dead on here. Um, You know, Tony had an incredible run. Absolutely legendary run at lightweight. Um, And all the way up, he fought you know, relatively tough guys for for the level that he was at. Um, like, Gleason Tebow was a tough fight at the time. You put him away. And then he went on to Josh Thompson, Barbosa. Uh, the Venata one was weird. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he got rocked real bad in that one. Um, but then once he won the title, he stopped being so active. And uh, I, I think that's where we really saw sort of the, the peak of his abilities because he, he beat Dos Anjos. Uh, he, he won the title in that fight. Didn't he have some knees and shit in there? Oh, yeah. I mean, this dude does so much stupid shit. Like, yeah. I think he had a year off between the Dos Anjos fight and the Lee fight and then a year off between the Lee fight and the Pettis fight. Uh, the knee surgeries and shit, and then would come back from the knee surgeries and be on like a ball with a sledgehammer off a knee surgery. Yeah, like just you can tell that this is the person who, well, he was simultaneously built to to be a fighter. Uh, he also needs a coach to rein him in because without a coach, he just does all the stupidest shit imaginable. Like, this dude's probably doing backflips into spike pits and shit just, <laughs> just to see what it feels like. He was at a trampoline <laughs> park yesterday. Pretty <laughs> God, he was on Instagram and said he's at a trampoline park doing flips. Into a dude, park. If, if Spikeball was still on TNN or Spike TV, uh, he, he would be playing some slam ball. And slam ball, yep. Being the, uh, the defender trying to go after dudes on the trampolines. <laughs> Um, but Ferguson's just absolutely nuts. Um, and I think that's going to work to his detriment in this fight because now he's finally in there against a guy who Dubronk just does the, the same thing that Ferguson does, but he's cleaner with everything he does. Like Ferguson has never had clean striking. Uh, Dubronk over the last couple of years has developed clean striking. 
Like he's going to fire straight punches down the pipe. He's going to fire knees up right in the middle that are probably going to catch Tony who's like ducking down and doing all sorts of weird shit on the feet. So if Tony can't absolutely overwhelm him with pace, and I don't think he can because he gets caught in all of his fights, he's going to be in trouble um, because he's going to get clipped. Maybe he goes for a takedown. Maybe he just tries to, to keep swinging and keeps getting clipped, but he's got a couple of paths in this fight. One, he can keep it on the feet and just keep getting pieced up. Two, he can take it to the ground and he can get the absolute life choked out of him. <laughs> that's that's what Dubronk's going to do. Um, that's what's going to happen. happen. I, I, I actually don't agree or, or don't disagree that Dubronk can win in any of the, the three ways in this fight. Um, he could TKO um I think that's the least likely just because I think Tony's probably still durable. Like he took shit from, from Gaethje uh, before that fight finally got stopped. Uh, I, I think he could sub him because I think he can sub anybody. Uh, but I actually think that like plus 500 or whatever it is on decision is probably the, the best value of the the props in this fight, um, just because uh, I, I feel like that happens just as likely as a, a finish happens in this fight. So, yeah. as much as you know, we try and be homers, and we want to say that Dubron just gonna like squeeze a dude's head off his body. Um, I, I think he's probably gonna win a decision here, but at any rate, because he's got chances to win everywhere, Dubron is the Munich. Bed of the week, and it's not just a regular Munich. <laughs> we got, we got uh, Daniel Craig. He's on board with this Munich. Eric Bana is on board with this Munich. We got uh, the 1972 IOC is on board with Munich this week. This is this is one for the ages, ladies and gentlemen, because Dubron going to get it done. And that brings us to the main event of the evening, as we said a couple week or a, a couple minutes ago, which is almost a couple hours ago at this point. Uh, we got Davis and Figueredo. He, he's headlining his second pay per view in a row. Which, I mean, I guess that's impressive. But when I get to my breakdown, I'm going to drop some knowledge on these fools. And he is taking on a man whose nickname I have never understood. Uh, if if you watch Always Sunny, uh, it always reminds me of when Charlie goes into like the underground fighting tournament, and he's like, I- "I'm not going to be the baby clown. I'm going to be the clown baby. <laughs> that's going to fuck with them." <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's taking on the clown baby, uh, Brandon Moreno. Who, who's starting? Andrew, you start off on this one. I honestly don't have a lot to say about this fight. I like both the guys, and I think they're exciting, but I don't feel like I have any particular insight. Uh, I'm not super knowledgeable about 125ers in general, I would say. Um, so, But I, I, do, I do think uh, I would like to see Moreno win, but I think uh, Figueredo will win. Wesley, moving on to you. Uh, yeah, I just I, I can't I still can't bring myself to to 
be the Figueredo hype man like like everybody is. And I, I like the I like the small fighters, man. I, I I just I don't know what it is, man. It just something doesn't do it for me about Figueredo, but um I just I don't I don't see it out of Moreno, man. I, Moreno's a good story. He's he's definitely improved a lot since he since he came back or from leaving and, and coming back to the UFC. Um I, I just think we, we just talked about Tony put puts himself in a lot of bad spots and shit. Moreno does too. Moreno put gets into a lot of crazy spots and stuff. Just don't think Figueredo's the guy you wanna you wanna do that with. Uh kind of like Figueredo by sub here again. I think he's gonna they're gonna get in a scramble and uh Figueredo's gonna end up uh grabbing something or Figueredo catches him with uh with a strike. Figueredo does it with a little bit of power. Um Lean sub because Moreno does have a good chin. Moreno's taking some some serious shots. Uh, I just I don't I don't think Moreno's the guy to 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 beat Figueredo at, at this point. I actually personally gave Perez a better shot at beating uh, Figueredo. I, I thought Perez had some punching power and shit that could have gave Figueredo some problems. And I really really wish that fight would have went a little longer. Um, I know Figueredo did catch him and so, but you know. Won't say that Perez was going to win that fight, but he looked okay in the short amount of time that we got to see him before he did some dumb shit and got caught. And that's, um, um, I, I just, I think Perez is a better fighter than Moreno personally. And, uh, just, I, I don't think Moreno's the guy that to beat Figueredo. So, yeah, I think Figueredo gets him out of there and I, I lean by sub. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't even think that Perez did anything wrong in that spot. I think that was just, uh, a pretty sweet move by by Figueredo. So I yeah. I don't hold anything against Perez for that one. Sean, what do you got here? Give me something. I'll be honest. I don't I don't have much on this one either. Uh, I don't know why that is. I don't know. I just don't have a good read on on Brandon Moreno. Um, the dude is tough. He's never been finished. So I, I think is this is going to be a good test for for Figueredo if if he's going to be able to get him out of there. Um, and Figueredo's kind of just a wild man, and it's 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 tough to know exactly what he's going to do, whether he knocks you out or chokes you out. Um, I, I I think Figueredo's going to win. I think he's the better fighter. Uh, Moreno, he had a really good year. Uh, I think he he won. I think he was an was he an underdog against he arguably lost he arguably lost one of those, those <laughs> fights this year though is a. You know. Yeah, and so I, I, I don't really, like I said, I don't have a good read on this fight. I think Figueredo wins. Uh, he just seems to be streaking right now. He's got supreme confidence, uh, and he just brings things at, at flyweight that a, a lot of fighters don't have, and I don't think Brandon Moreno's been matched up with a guy quite like him, so uh, not sure how he, how he does it. He, he probably does it inside the distance, but uh, the pick is Figueredo, but no bet on this fight. Oh. Uh, couldn't really find an angle any which way our voice has got the name for uh moreno he's he's the he's the fucking manuel mclovin manuel mclovin absolutely beautiful um yeah nothing makes me sadder than uh, Formiga losing kind of a bullshit decision against Moreno yes. and then getting calf kicked <laughs> by Alex Perez uh, and then getting cut by the UFC. That, that's, that's pretty awful. As far as this fight goes, 
it it's tough to find a bet here. Um, it, it really is. I think they they just about nailed it um, because man, Moreno is terrible on defense. His defense is atrocious. This guy gets hit by everything. And if you're a, a semi-competent striker, um, you can just like stick up your left hand and you can block his looping right. And you can stick up your right hand and you can block his left high kick and he doesn't have anything on the feet. Uh, so then it turns into he has to, uh, to win this by out-wrestling Figueredo for five rounds without getting caught in something. Um, and, and I don't think that's going to happen because really the, the most realistic path for him to win this fight is to have a shitload of pace and really pile up strikes and overwhelm Figueredo. And I think when he tries to do that, he's so wild that he is going to leave himself open and he's going to get clipped by something. So I feel like it's probably going to be a Figueredo knockout in this fight, but that's lined at what, like plus 140. Um, the sub is under plus 300 in this fight. Uh, inside the distance, you got to pay a decent amount of juice on to get that. Uh, even if you think that Moreno survives everything and can win like rounds three, four, five, which I don't necessarily think is the case because even when Figueredo's not finishing guys, he's still winning rounds because of the shots that he lands. Um, so I don't know what Figueredo is by decision, but like. We have points yet? Maybe no, no, no points handicap like yet. Uh, Figure out um, by decisions oh, plus four thirty. Yeah, even that's like not high enough not to huge, for me to want to take a shot, especially at a, a five rounder. So three hundred. I I don't love any bets on this either. Um, <laughs> yeah, because like even if you look at a, an over two and a half or something like that, I can see Figueroa getting it done faster than that. So. Um, I don't know. There's there's nothing for me here other than hopefully this is an awesome fight and we get a little bit more time out of it than we did out of the uh, the, the Fagan-Perez fight. But I'm going to stay away from this one. I, I'm an absolute degenerate and I've got enough bets on all the rest of the fights that are going on this weekend. And so, yeah, I, I don't need to really worry about uh, putting a little bit extra on the the main event because it's a fight that I actually want to see anyway. So that caps us off for our UFC 256 breakdown. We we took a while tonight, but I feel like we got a pretty fun show in. Andrew, parting words for the folks. Let's see what you got. Well, hey, first, thanks for listening. I mean, that's like, that's the main thing. What, you know, nobody would be doing this if nobody was listening to it. Like, zero, you see, so guys gotta yeah. listen to it. It's good stuff. Yeah, probably, yeah. I'd, I'd still be doing this, probably. Hey, let it's me serious. say something nice to the damn fans, okay? I'm trying to be a good guy here so people will want me back, right? Yeah. I'm trying to, yeah, so anyway, whatever. I mean, well, then fine, fucking listen to the show or don't. <laughs> Love that's it. That's the end Peace. of the analysis. Spirit. That is that is good stuff. Yeah, we're we're pumping. Uh, you know, Lance is sick when he when he mix misses a uh, Dubra breakdown. And Mayor Drew, and yeah. Mayor Drew, you missed them both. 
it's been a rough month in the fish we're, lab. We're so. pumping them full of all the steroids, so we'll, we'll try to get them on the, the very last card of the year next week. Because, uh, yeah, after that, we're going to have a, a nice long break, probably do a uh, year-end you know, uh, pre- or year-end review of first week of the year or something like that. Because, yeah, we got a, a nice break, which uh, hasn't happened in a long time, so everybody can get uh, replenished get and get the COVID. The show. We got to do the champion show. Yes, sir. Uh, we, made picks. we made a bunch of picks last year, didn't we? Yep. We Yeah. Well, I don't think I was around for that one. <laughs> a couple of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we were uh, still kind of – we were just a, a trio still then, right? Yeah, just a trio back. Then. Hey, hey, COVID got like all the band back together. Like, I guess yep. there was one good thing that come. From one good shit, thing right? from a pandemic. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I know you guys are uh, are sick of listening to me host this show. Uh. So hopefully Lance is, gets those good drugs. Um. You know, maybe it'll be a Hanukkah miracle for him. Uh, to come through and yeah, every day he just gets a different round of steroids for the the eight nights. The dude's gonna uh, look like the mountain when he shows back up. <laughs> Lance- he's gonna look. He's gonna look like Jared Vandera when he comes back. No, so bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, ho- hopefully we'll have Lance back for the uh, the year end show. Andrew, as always, you're you're welcome back whenever. We always uh, appreciate having you. And yeah, we uh, the rest of us are going to be here to break down shitty fights and give you some bets on some super degen stuff, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. We don't really give a fuck. None of us. We've all got real lives, and whatever happens on I here, I can't do seventeen hours of tape study. So you can no. just throw it out. <laughs> we, we don't give a shit what happens on here. It's just fun. I still win money at this bullshit. That's how easy, yes, sir. <laughs> More than you can say for a lot of these uh, professionals out there, dude. I'm trying to turn this into my my nine to five, my every day. Um, sign up on my Patreon and <laughs> my OnlyFans. Yep, uh, OnlyFans. Yep. That's that's it's how I'm gonna make it. Only if I can only if I can be on your platinum tier by donating the most money, so, you gotta, so I can I can see the real good pictures. That's right. Um, and everything. <laughs> but that's gonna do us do it for us uh, this week we'll be back for UFC Vegas ESPN plus whatever the fuck it is next week uh, but but this should be a fun one because at the very least we get some Dubois in the co-main event